three readings which I can easily say are linked by the theme of grace. That's not difficult because the whole of the Christian gospel is about grace, about what God gives to a thoroughly undeserving people. I should say the whole Bible, in fact, because it was the same in the Old Testament. What God gives to people who don't earn it, who don't deserve it. Three readings, different gifts. Firstly, we have the second of the two creation stories at the beginning of Genesis. Don't try and take that too literally. It has much to say to us. It's still the word of God to us. In the tale that we just heard, God makes a garden. And the garden needs someone to look after it. So some more creation. This time of a human being. In other words, our job is to look after creation. That's not always been an insight that has been foremost at the mind of the Christian church, I'm afraid. But it's certainly there. We are here to look after what God has made. And while we might say, well, we are God's gift to creation, we can also say that that task, that position, is a gift. I hope we accept it with thanksgiving and get on with the business of looking after what God has made. And the animals are here too. Not just for our pleasure, but for us to look after too. Adam was called to give names to the animals. Naming, to some extent, means, of, means having authority over them. Much easier to tell somebody off and you can use their name, isn't it? Rather than having to say, um, whoever you are, oi, stop doing that. If I can give a name, so right, I'm not going to. but it also means being responsible for. We're responsible, not only for plants, but for animals too. And we're meant to do things together, not just one person doing their particular thing, but first two, and then generation upon generation. Together, we're called. Together, we're given gifts. And we've made a mess of it. As we see Adam forget, it was only by God's grace that anything existed at all. It was best to work on the basis that God set out of his own thoughts. The one tree that was special to God 
as far as he was concerned, was just another tree. It's fruit they could inspect and eat. The consequences were serious. But we've gone on making the same mistake again and again. We fail to learn that we're wholly dependent on God's grace. That God gives to people who aren't necessarily going to appreciate it or make the best use of what they're given, like you and like me. That God gives more to this world than the world we know. Sorry, God gives more to us than the world we know. The gift of heaven. An even stranger picture, perhaps, in the book of Revelation. Again, don't try and take that too literally. The door in heaven. I can't quite imagine doors in heaven, can you? But you get the point. It's somewhere we can go in. That's God's gift. And take those pictures seriously. The picture is of something wonderful, something exciting, an immense variety of participants, something completely mysterious, others, people that we knew, that we know. A stage set more spectacular than any rock festival. And the singing was surely better, better known and better organised than even the finest cathedrals or the showiest of megachurches. A stronger feeling of togetherness and responsibility for one another than we've ever experienced. Whether that's people singing together at a pop festival... Or folk coming together politically in a glorious rally, or even a church service. And they're all enjoying themselves as well. I hope we all enjoy worship, but let's face it, it's never quite as good as this is going to be, is it? A glimpse, perhaps, on occasions. All of it's of the grace of God. This is what God wants for you and for me. Not because you and I deserve it, but just because he wants it. What could be simpler than that? And what do we make of it? Well, sometimes we're better than others, aren't we? Devon can be a place where we just make jokes about it. Or a place we fear we're going to get bored. God's grace is better than that. Right, come down to earth. To life as we might experience it. Trip out in a boat. Not, I think, a fun trip. 
but Jesus moving from one place to another where his work is. Now think grace. Think what God ought to be doing for this little group. Jesus, we're told, fell asleep. He's obviously exhausted by all his ministry so far. What better gift could God give than the gift of sleep, of rest, of refreshments? What about those disciples? Well, surely what they needed was to know that they were doing a big part in this wonderful work of Jesus. They finally found something they could do, and they could do well. They could sail. They were taking Jesus to the right place, the right time, in the right way. Simple. That's what they needed. What was God going to give? And we can ask the same question about ourselves. What grace do we need? Do you need? What should God give you? Or to put it another way, what are you going to get out of being a Christian? Of coming to church, of saying your prayers, of observing Lent when it comes before very long, in ten days' time? Well, some of you might say, I could do with a good night's kit for once. I'm tired. I could do with a rest. That'll be what God, God should give me. We need more energy and inspiration as to how we can do God's work. Maybe we're tired and we don't want to be. Or perhaps we're going to say, well, we're very much part of God's work, rather than just a little bit here and there. But somehow we've got that feeling that we never seem to do anything that really matters, however hard we try. I wonder how many of us feel that we're perhaps not worth very much. We need God's affirmation. His assurance to us that we matter, that what we do matters. So we're not very different, are we? From that little group in the boat. Tired and wondering what our place is in the great scheme of things. Perhaps the disciples were just glad to be doing something for Jesus, for God. So they knew how to do. Sailing a boat they could indeed do without any special grace. And we in our way get on with whatever we can do. Whether that's making the coffee or giving out the books or cleaning the church. Doing the garden outside, whatever it is. Are we getting on with it, not really fully convinced that this is part of, an important part of God's work? What grace are we looking for? 
So what form did God's grace take for the folk in the boat? Well, you all know the story, of course. The blooming great storm. Doesn't particularly feel like a gift, does it? Didn't last, whenever it was, Thursday, Friday. Those disciples wanted to play a big part in Jesus' work. What was going to happen now? Their landlubber passenger was going to die just like them. And he'd entrusted himself to their seamanship. Hardly what they wanted, hardly a gift of God. And it seems they were fairly quick learners. Unlike sometimes. They learned suddenly that they needed to trust God, not just for heavenly things, but for earthly ones too, like controlling a boat. That there was no point now in their best sailing lessons. No way of pitting their strength against the wind. They had to go find God. And where was he? Sleeping in their boat, wasn't he? Asleep right by them. they wake him up. It looks as though they got embarrassed later on about what they'd said. Because Mark tells us, they said, don't you care? Don't you care we're about to die? The version that Luke has says just, master, master, we're perishing. What I gain from that is a, is a plea to all of you. Don't worry about polishing your prayers. Your private prayers, I mean. In public, rather different, obviously. What matters is that prayer comes from the heart and is directed towards God. In my word, some disciples saying to, the, to Jesus, don't you care? came right from the heart then, didn't it? All kinds of things we need to say coming from the heart. There's no point in trying to hide what we're thinking, what we're feeling. God's grace, his gift to unworthy people came to those disciples as they asked. The storm was stilled. But what about the other grace they needed? Knowing they played an important part in Jesus' work. Where is your faith, says Jesus? It's hardly encouraging, is it? 
their reaction is to be afraid and amazed. In fact, that grace too would come to them as they learnt painfully, gradually. As they learnt to ask for the gift of faith. As they understood that God does not give easy lives. But he gives fulfilled and triumphant ones in the face of adversity. Whether that's from the weather or from some other human being with a sword or with an army or just a legal writ or perhaps just contempt scorn the knowledge that we matter to God is something he does give, yes but so often we find ourselves called to give more before we realise how much God values us What do we think God's grace for us is going to be like? I'm not offering any of you a good night's sleep like the adverts on the telly. I'm not offering you an easy life. For all of us, there are certain to be storms, whether a wind or rain or some other trouble. But God does give. His grace is still here for us, undeserved and so often unrecognised. Come to him. As those disciples went to Jesus, who they thought was asleep, next door to them. How easy it is for us to think that God is asleep at the moment. He's not doing anything about. You name it. Be honest with him about your efforts to manage on your own. Be frank with him about what you're thinking. We may be embarrassed by what we think of God. No way he can be. Tell him, not other people, about the ways in which he seems to have failed you. With most of us, there are ways. There are points in our lives when we reckon, surely that was God failing us. But ask for his grace. Ask what he wants to give you. And promise that you'll receive what he gives. Believe that he will give you. That his grace will come in abundance. Probably not at all in the way you want. but with God valuing you so much more than you value yourselves. Ask for the faith with which you can receive that grace. 
Look around. Look around you to see what God gives to each and every one of us here, to all those you come across in the world. Together, let's seek the, the kingdom of God by God's grace, not by our great efforts. Receive. You find that you are able to do the work of God and that it matters. It matters to him now as we take our place within creation. It'll still matter to him when we join that unimaginable heavenly assembly and rejoice in the eternity of God through Jesus Christ.